five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're talking provenance in many ways today. So hang on, and I think you'll enjoy it. But first, we're going to start with Tom Fishburne. Bots? Buy bots? Four bots. Okay, the good news is we're getting lots of engagement on our AI-generated content. Amazing. What's the bad news? Looks like most of that engagement is coming from AI-generated traffic. <laughs> yes, yes. There was a political comment earlier in the week or last week that it was something like the cockroaches voting for raid, um, and marketers. Anyway, marketers seem to be content these days with just generating lots of activity, you know. And uh, if you think your marketing staff is doing that and you're the CEO or the CFO, it's probably true. Uh, there's a funny conspiracy theory that the Internet secretly died six years ago and it's mostly now bots communicating with other bots, said Caitlin Tiffany uh, in The Atlantic last year. The dead internet theory suggests the internet has been most, almost entirely taken over by artificial intelligence because, you know, it's easier to replicate bots than it is to get views. YouTube for a time had such high bot traffic that some employees feared the inversion, the point where its systems would start seeing bots as authentic and humans as inauthentic, which most humans are. <laughs> bots are, in, are authentic as bots. Um, but when they try to act like humans, well, then they have to act inauthentic. I think that would be the, the epistemological view of the situation. Um, Caitlin said that it it's a conspiracy theory, but the theory feels true. Um, security network company Barracuda said, reported that only 36% of all Internet traffic is human. The rest comes from bots. Good bots like search engine crawlers and bad bots, ranging from fake traffic to advanced malicious bots, right? And then we got other bots to fight the bots. Ironically, much of the content available now online is, is also increasingly bot-generated, particularly content from brands, churning out headlines, articles, illustrations, product reviews, and even videos. Captera reported that 82% of marketers agree that content generated by AI or ML software is just as good or better than that generated by human, than as good or better than human-generated content. Again, humans aren't that good at writers. <laughs> there are good writers. And yet, uh, Tom found it funny that when, when you read the headline, it says 82% of marketers say AI-generated content is good as human-generated one. Just clearly, uh, clearly no one's reading that unless it's called out to them because that is not proper grammar. And uh, so probably was generated by a human. That's the irony of the whole thing. You know, it's like it's like computer driving cars. I don't know what exactly to call them because they're not self-driving exactly. Um, there is no concept of self in the car. Um, but computer driving cars don't have to be perfect we have this artificial standard for artificial intelligence it has to be perfect but really it only has to be better than humans 
And I've read a lot of bad headlines written by humans. KFC Germany had to apologize because this week their bot decided to celebrate the anniversary of Kristallnacht. That was the, the night when then when the Nazi party encouraged thugs to break the windows of Jewish-owned stores. And uh, it's got a nice name, but it's, it means the it means glass night or something where all the glass is broken. And uh, it's Memorial Day for Kristallnacht. Treat yourself to more cheese, tender cheese on crispy chicken. Now at KFC Cheese, yeah, that was should have an apology. Um, so anyway, here's a bunch of other cartoons. Consumers want communication that's human, empathetic, and real. So hopefully our AI generator can learn to generate content like that for them. I read an article exactly like that. It said that the key to e-commerce uh, to e-commerce success was personalization and engagement with your customers. And hopefully the bots will be able to do that shortly. It's like, okay, here I am. Yep. Okay, this was a, a comment on Tom Fishburne's post of, of the cartoon. Um, and this guy actually went and cited some of the HubSpot uh, idea generators headlines. Why we love cervical cancer and you should too. Miley Cyrus and cervical cancer, 10 things they have in common. Or 10 quick tips about crack cocaine. And I threw them in from this next article. And uh, this is Tom, or is Mark Ritson, who I you know, always like to, to read and reply to and stuff. Uh, consumers no longer care about provenance, if they ever did, uh, except in Cockermouth. And that's a, uh, a Cumbrian city, okay, near Lake Windermere, or maybe on Lake Windermere. And there, so there's this beer style that Mark Ritson wanted everybody to try on his on the the night before his wedding uh, and he took his relatives around town uh, and tried to find this beer because he said it was really really good beer and it was only available in in cocker's mouth cumbria and um he also says that his own Ancestry.com profile is completely 100% Cumbrian. His wife's is all over the world, splashes of Jews, Arabs, Vikings, Scots. Um, mine is a big immovable red dot in the upper left corner of England. So anyway, he dragged his future in-laws around town and finally found a bar that served Jennings Cumberland Ale. Okay. And... Um, they agreed that it was it did taste better, but that's not really the reason that Tom wanted or that uh, Mark wanted him to try it. It was because it was a boutique brewery down the road and and also tasted better than any other beer. And the Aussie in-laws did sort of agree. <clears throat> but anyway, uh in 1828, the brewery moved down the hill to Cockermouth and uh, got access to a Norman well that had distinctive Lake District water that gave Jennings its distinctive taste. But um, 
The little brewery was just shows, closed down this month. Uh, it had been sold to Carlsberg um, a while back, and they couldn't make it work in the days of COVID-19, climate change, global consolidation, and the recession. And probably mostly it's just like they already had a big brewery working down the road. Uh, my cousin worked for Miller, and he said, you know, you, you could pretty much make any kind of beer you want in a big brewery. It's just a question of how to market it. And uh, so they moved it down the road about 70 miles south, I think. And um, and so Marcus, you know, we drank Jennings because it was Cumbrian, but then it was acquired by a non-Cumbrian company. We drank it because it was the boutique local option until a handful of smaller Cumbrian microbrewers like Keswick Brewing Company and Tractor Shed sprung up and immediately out Jennings Jennings, both at being more local and having better, fresher, more interesting beer. <laughs> so, you know, I, I have a hard time lamenting this, to be honest about it. Uh, I I usually drink uh, whatever the the Huber Brewery down in Monroe, Wisconsin, happens to be making inexpensively at the time. Because <laughs> uh, when we were in college, we bought a a, a six pack of the new Pabst uh, supposedly craft beer, and uh, it was called Erlinger, which sounds a lot like <laughs> like those those funny. <laughs> those funny bugs that have those pinchers on the back of their on the back end of them <laughs> ear wings <laughs> earlinger anyway so we tried that we bought a six pack of that and we bought a whole case of huber twice as much for the same price and uh we just and it's the disparity is even greater nowadays in beer you can buy a six pack for twelve dollars so that's two dollars a bottle and you can buy a 24-pack for $6, probably, <laughs> of Huber something or other. I, uh, Mountain Crest was my latest, but they're not selling it at the Piggly Wiggly anymore. A- anyway, so Mark is lamenting that people don't care that much about the history of a 200-year-old brewery. And there's probably a lot of truth to that. Uh, he says, your Ashi was made in Chiswick, not Shofu. Uh, that that reassuringly expensive pint of Stella is from Wales, not Leuven. And your Becks might claim German brewing heritage, but it's from Lutton. (laughs) Why stop with beer? My Land Rover Defender was built lovingly in Slovakia. Uh, Does anybody think Volvo is really a Swedish company? And uh, no. And what's interesting is, England has a really has a, a high level or a, a, a disproportionate number of car designers, and they outsource their work to Volvo, to to the Chinese and Indian companies that have brought bought these legendary brands. Uh, it's and so you know it might be designed in England, it might be manufactured in. Wuhan or somewhere, you know, it, you know it's it's really amazing, um, and 
it only matters until you can't get any parts or anything anymore. That's when it starts to matter. You know, that's when Caterpillar comes through, is when your, your bulldozer is broken by the side of the road in some jungle somewhere, and they promise to get you parts in four hours. Okay, you want reliability? You have to leave Sweden for Slova Slovenia. You want better value? You need a plant in Gabon, not Germany. Gabon, is that in Africa? I don't even know where that is. I meant to look it up. So you can hit me up in the comments. Anyway, um, Carlsberg Marstens might as well have announced that he moved the brewery to Wuhan and now is making it from old tires and, and donkey dung. <laughs> Anything south of Penrith is like my indigenous family tree, frankly, non-existent. Yeah, okay. So there's some of that left in the world. I have had Guinness. For, talk about licensing. You know, this only matters when you really know the the right answer. So I've had Guinness for uh, uh, all over the place in a number of countries where I thought it might actually be any good. And it was always bitter and, you know, very, very uh, a strong flavor, if not any good. Um, but we had a we had a layover in uh, Dublin uh a number of years ago and so we decided to leave the airport and go get a b&b &B, and across the street was a little irish pub i mean it was like a you know it was like a 20-hour layover or something and uh so you know irish pub <laughs> you could get cheeseburgers you could get pizza you know you could get probably chinese and italian but anyway there was a, a, a guinness irish stew on the menu so we decided we're going to try that they ought to be able to be good at it and uh, it came with a pint of, of Guinness. And uh, I told my wife, you're not going to like this. I've never liked it. I've, I've had it every all over the place in bottles and on draft and, you know, different stuff. Never liked it. But we're going to have it anyway because <laughs> we're in Dublin and I've heard it might be better. And, and so it came and the Irish stew was great, but the Guinness was life-changing. It was... Uh, it was sort of sweet and creamy. It was kind of between like a really strong dark beer and root beer. I mean, it was it was just my wife said it was not only the best beer she'd ever had. It might I mean, it, it might be the best beverage she's ever had. That was how good it was. It was just it was it was leagues above anything I could ever remember. Uh, and so I asked the, the owner of the pub, you know, what, it, why is it so terrible everywhere else? And she says, it doesn't travel well. <laughs> you know, we could, and we, when we were standing, right, waiting for the Uber back to the, back to the airport, you could see these big, beautiful stainless steel tanker trucks with Guinness across, boom, 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 you know, and I bought cheese curds at the Piggly Wiggly, uh, and my wife got suckered into a, a, a bunch of cheese curds that I have in my refrigerator here at the office because they were so terrible. And I actually put my business card on them and, and went up to the office, <laughs> Mr. Fox's desk, Fox Brothers Piggly Wiggly. And I, I, I wrote a note to him with my business card. And I said, you know, you might be able to ship these all over the country and people think they're cheese curds. But we live in Wisconsin and we know what a cheese curd is. So sometimes there's more to it than just outsourcing. Sometimes the genuine article is from the genuine place of origin. So keep that in mind and try to keep your local brewery going.
I vote for Huber in Monroe, Wisconsin. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.